everyone, welcome back to another episode of Almost Better Than Silence. I'm your host, Doug Coleman, and I'm here today with the other co-host, Brendan McCullough, and we're here today to put you to sleep. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> no, how are you guys doing? This is our ASMR episode. We're going to be you know, tippy-tapping on the keyboard. Again, I asked the audience how they're doing before I asked Brent. No, I'm teasing. <laughs> how are you, Brent? We're going to be waiting a long time for them to respond. I know. That's just how it works. <laughs> uh, I'm doing all right. A little warm for my liking, but that's, that's fucking L.A. It just... And you got the opposite end, right? You were telling me. Yeah, no. It's cold all of a sudden. We have the heat going. uh, And that's the thing. I was saying putting our listeners to sleep. How have you been sleeping? Because uh, my wife just got us velvet uh, covers for our uh, pillowcases. And man, it's real nice to just lay your head on that in the summer. But again, it's cold here. What the fuck? (laughs) Are they actually cooler pillowcases than... It feels yeah. it to com- uh, compared to what we replaced. I was like, yeah, no, this is definite improvement. Mm. And they weren't that in- expensive, so yeah, treat yourself. <laughs> I remember I just got a pair of like pajama pants, or just like like microfiber or something. They're not, you know, they're cheap. TJ Maxx or some bullshit. Um, but they're like smooth, like not kind of like velvet, but like where it slides. And I remember I think my brother had like velvet bed sheets or something. I remember I just jumped on the bed one time, and because of these pants, I just slid right off of it, and like, <laughs> two into the wall, like, you gotta be careful with some of those stuff, where it's like, ooh, it's like silky, and like, smooth, and like, if you have two of those to come in contact, you're you're flying across the room. That's incredible. Yeah. Well, and that's one thing you mentioned off-air briefly, that you have a weighted blanket, and I wanted to ask you, was, is that actually, like, does that help in any way? Does it, like, help with anxiety in your sleeping or anything? Do you go to sleep better? I don't know because I can't tell if I have like a ton of sleep problems or not. Like I sleeping for me is weird because people are like, oh yeah, I slept for this many hours. Or like I woke up and then fell back asleep. It's like, I don't know what happens when I'm sleeping in that like fugue state of like half asleep and half awake. So I'm like, I don't know if it takes me two hours to get to sleep. I don't know if I fall asleep right when my pillow or my head hits the pillow. Like, I don't know. That's my brain shutting down. It's not recording anything. Right. Um, it feels like it helps. It feels like. Like I said, the problem with LA is it's so goddamn hot all the time because it's global warming and we're just in an actual oven of a city. Um, I can rarely actually use it. Like, even during the winter here, the coldest it got was, like, maybe 50s-ish. And then in my bedroom, you know, it's quarantine. I'm locked in my apartment and I got a computer running, like, a PC tower. So, like, my room's always hotter than the rest of the apartment. So like oh totally I've never really needed it too much and then if I do use it I wake up halfway through the night and like throw it off because it's too hot um for it feels like it might be coming it's like 15 pounds so like pretty much anyone can like take it off you don't have to worry about it smothering you yeah um but it was like 20 bucks or something at Target like it was like hey this is cheap enough to try if it's garbage I'll give it to somebody else but. Um, totally. I have to give it a try and see it for myself because, uh, yeah, just sound conceptually, it sounds like it'd be comforting. Yeah, it's one of those things where you, don't, you think like, oh, that like I'm claustrophobic, so it's like, ah, oh, how would that be comforting? And it seems like the opposite. It's like, no, once you use it, you kind of get used to it. And you're just like, yeah, there is an appeal to this, but like I said, I don't, I don't know if it helps with me sleeping or I don't know if it makes it worse. Like, there's, a, I live in a very noisy area, so like, who knows if that is even is what's keeping me awake or if it's the blanket i don't know yeah i, I never understand sleep shit I, yeah, I always have a hard enough time with it so there's no <laughs> there's no consistent gauge for me um that or you could put the blanket on and just close your eyes and pretend it's the big just vampire lady, lady stepping on you. you just yeah. smothering me 
Exactly. Hey, if you can, <laughs> it's like Piccolo. You you fight with like weighted armor when you're training. You sleep with a weighted blanket. <laughs> and ratchet it up and get a sixty pound blanket to smother you in your sleep. Just ripped when you wake up. That's amazing. <laughs> God, if you could just work out in your sleep, <laughs> amazing. Uh, um, we got to bring it back to video games somehow. But I know you have a point to make. No, I was just gonna say it's a bitch to clean. It's got like a slip cover on it. You got tied on the inside. So if you're getting a weighted blanket, just get ready if you're going to clean your sheets regularly. This one's a pain in the ass. Oh God, that's well, all. Not- sure i want to deal with that but anyway uh for new people uh this, <laughs> this isn't is a all about sleep. yeah uh it's about video games typically uh we try to at least but lately we've been uh running out of time with our gaming habits but it's just how things go uh yeah. i did get around to doing some gaming it's not video gaming but uh we could talk about the games we've been playing and then maybe see what's going on in the news but uh what, <laughs> what are you is, laughing at it's just it, the intro to the show is this is a video game podcast Gonna say the last three, four weeks, we've been almost exclusively playing board games or tabletop games. Like, I'm doing D&D, which is not a video game, but it is a tabletop game played on a computer. But it's just like, and you've been playing the card games. So it's like, yep. uh, video games are a loose term for this. Exactly. Most of the show topics are video game related. Actually, no, that's a lie, too. Fuck. Anyway, <laughs> we're gonna move on. Uh, but though, as far as the gaming, uh, you guys know me. I'm really just playing lots of Fall Guys, and there isn't too much of an update there. I did participate in a few uh, custom games with like uh, one particular streamer. Her name's Parmigiana. She's an Australian uh, incredible uh, entertainer, and she gets quite a number of viewers. I was I think the last time I was there, she had a raid, and she was in, like, maybe 200-plus people hanging out, and she was doing custom games, and, man, it filled up, like, the whole 60 beans uh, that could join a party did, and it was interesting, because she's in control of, like, what map you're gonna end up uh, facing off at, and it was insane because she would do ones like that typically wouldn't house 60 beans and it would just kind of force the game to do that and in that scenario so let's say for instance it would be uh, a roll-off like one of the common finals typically you would see like 10 beans or so lined up like ready for that final it you would see the 10 beans standing there but there was you could see that they were like blending in and out of the same space so there was like 60 beans crammed in the exact same like spawn points and what was interesting once the map like actually loaded and like the game began it just caused like an in-game physics explosion where beans just went flying everywhere because they're all occupying the exact same space Hmm. and then what ended up happening was like i want to say a third of the 60 beans were instant eliminated, including me when I was playing the one. So I was just like, what the fuck? <laughs> and then uh, you see like the remaining like 40 or so have at it. But it's like funny seeing a, a map that's not intended for that many beans, like kind of be forced to just see what will happen. And yeah, it was kind of also shitty being like, oh, I got the short end of the stick that during the bean explosion, I went, I got eliminated. But uh, it was insane. Jeez. It's, it's impressive. I mean, I think I said it when it came out. I was like, ah, oh, it's going to be the flavor of the month sort of game. It's going to come and go. What was the one before? Among Us. I was like, yeah, it's going to see like that. It's, yeah, it's going to have its carrying power. But yeah, Fall Guys really was able to cultivate a community that still plays it. Yep. Like, uh, a ton. I- Look at Rocket League as a model. That game never went away. And I know a lot of people, a lot of us played it here and there, come back to it every now and then. That's the thing about it. You can come back to it. It's still there. It's still growing. Uh, the community never left and just continues to blossom. I feel like Fall Guys will be more akin to a Rocket League uh, and just continue with the updates and just keep people playing. 
Yeah. I mean, if they're able to make it so it's, you know, maybe not elimination of, like, once you lose a match, you're out of thing. But if you could do, like, a private game with just local people, like a local party, um, then it could just be, like, you know, like Mario Party or something, where it could just be another good local co-op game. And, you know, that way you have ranks of, like, who came in first, second, third, fourth, instead of eliminations. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, that'd be neat to add to, like, the custom party ability. Yeah, they basically do allow that with, like, just the, the custom mode. You enter code and you're entering that lobby. It's pretty cool. Yeah, but then it's, like, that's one of those games where it's, like, you gotta all have your own console and be playing individually at your own houses and, versus, like, if you just have enough controllers, you can all play I see what you're machine. saying. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, so still going strong with Fall Guys. I love that game. I'm addicted to getting crowns, uh, but not very good. I feel like the last few streams, I don't even know if I got any. But uh, it's still lots of fun. Playing with some viewers, that's always fun when people are actually hanging out and uh, joining the party and seeing. In oh, fact, nice. they get crowns. It's amazing. When they get <laughs> crowns for me, I'm like, thank you. You're keeping the stream interesting. Uh, oh, yeah. But doing my job for me no i'm just teasing uh but anyway uh what else oh that's the thing speaking of the stream uh just last night uh my wife and i did a card game stream and it was a lot of fun we did i think i feel like we've been talking about it for a while where we're like we're gonna do this finally did we played sushi go we played trash pandas and then we played some harry potter trading card game and it was really funny how it all uh turned out we kind of went back and forth on the wins so we ended up each having three wins total at the end of the night so it was like really good game night and uh for anyone who doesn't know check out sushi go it's a really fun fast-paced game easy to get into uh you're just trying to build up your hand with like the best kind of sushi and you're passing your you take one card per round and then you pass your hand to the clockwise and it's definitely more interesting with more people, but it is still fun with just two people. And then you have Trash Pandas by, like, the same game uh, company, Game Right, I think is what they're called. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's a little more involved with the tokens, but really, once you play around, you'll you'll totally understand that. And that's a lot of fun as well. And then, yeah, Harry Potter trading card game. I can't get enough of it. I just built a new deck specifically for that stream with Draco Malfoy the Slytherin, which his ability is all about, like, if you play an item, you get an additional action that turn. And I was like, mm. holy shit, why why haven't I done this before? And the <laughs> problem was I was editing my Harry Potter trading card game podcast and uh, hearing, like, uh, Emilio talk about that character. I'm like, you know what? I want to go make a deck built around that. And I'm frantically going through all my, like, character cards. I'm like... Fuck, the reason I never did this is I don't have one. And then I finally, <laughs> like, on, like, the final page turn in my binder, like, there's one copy of it. I was like, yes, I can fuck around with this. I mean, I could have just printed it and had a proxy, but I really like having the legit cards. So, yeah, made a deck built around him with all these items, books, wands, uh, cauldrons and shit, and it's it was a lot of fun. So, yeah, had a really good stream, and people were hanging out. I'm, we've been having a lot of su- success there as far as people hanging out, and it's been really cool. I still can't get over the fact that, like, there's a resurgence in this specific movie tie book, movie book tie in card game, and that it's enough to justify making another podcast. But I mean, good for you guys. It's great. You know, you're feeding into that community. So it just is such a weird concept it's a hundred percent mind-boggling <laughs> but what's even funnier okay so here's another thing that i got a shout out and i forgot i that's the thing when i wing it on this podcast there's so many things that i'll like be editing be like why didn't i mention this but i finally just thought of it um i tuned into a, str- a live stream earlier this week for a fairly popular youtuber slash stream live streamer uh, group on uh twitch as well i think they use restream so they're streaming all over the place but uh they're uh, on youtube as team covenant and they're just, yeah, popular 
trading card game and I just think tabletop game uh, enthusiasts. They play the variety of the different games that are available, a lot of dead trading card games and stuff. And one of their specific streams they do is called Throwback Thursday, where they play a dead game. And they've been doing this uh, YouTube channel for years, and they never got around to doing Harry Potter trading cards. So it was insane that <laughs> this week was when they were playing it on Thursday. And uh, a lot of people were tuning in live. It was really interesting match. Uh, it was cool to like bring new faces of the game. Like as uh, the people are chatting live, they were talking about like the revival group, and people were like, "Oh, I just joined the Discord." So there's enthusiasm, and people are like digging up their old cards, and I'm really excited about it. It's so weird. like you could have given me a you could have bet money on it. Like which which card the game do you think is going to revive from the nineties, like or the early two thousand? None of them. Yeah, I, never in a million years. Certainly Harry not Potter. Harry Potter. Yeah, no, of course not. But the reason I think it is doing so well is just because of how easy it is to get involved. As far as like the gameplay, it's not a hard game to understand at all, and it's just fun. I feel like once you play a game, you're like, oh, I could play this all day. And that's actually the end result was uh, one of the hosts, Steven, said he was like, I could just play this game and all day. It's just so fun, and I agree with him. It's just such an, an easy game to get into. But yeah, the biggest barrier to entry is getting access to the cards. But even I think they discussed on that live stream, like you can print your own because uh, that's just so you could it's easily easier. get into it. But yeah. that's also sucks because printing like ink and all that's so not, expensive yeah exactly it, it adds up but it's not 500 for a booster pack expensive right so. uh, ex- that's the truth and i was just really glad that someone of their popularity was bringing more eyes to the game like that's perfect for our little community like if we want more people to find out like their audience are the people that would be more interested in trying a new game or it might not even be new to them they're just like being reminded about it kind of like me a year or two ago it's a weird notion, but stick with me. If you make a good game that's fun to play, people will play it regardless of the property it's tied to. <laughs> exactly. It's like, there's been plenty of other stuff where it's like, ah, this isn't a licensed branded like merch tie-in or like video game tie-in with this existing intellectual property. It's like, yeah, I don't really give a shit about the intellectual property. The game is just by itself fun. Like, I have no idea what the story is, but it's a fun game. And it's a weird notion for these massive corporations to put behind because it's they're usually the opposite they're usually like the fandom for the ip will carry it and like cover up the mistakes that we you know aren't gonna fix right well and that's where we talk about dragon ball z trading card game and that's like the pro it's like our collectible card game whatever the score one the original one uh i've been collecting those and i've been teaching i built decks finally and i'm like i'm gonna learn how to play this game and boy howdy it's just complicated there's like six (laughs) steps to your your move and i'm like oh god here we go and like during the combat phase your opponent can defend and stuff so it's a little more tricky but the thing i feel like we've maybe talked about it briefly on a previous episode, but I failed to mention was that they really fucked up the the Namekian class in the Dragon Ball Z card games. Like, so there'll be like uh, a Namekian blast or punch or something as a card. And you look at the picture and it's PyCon or Cell. And I'm like, wait, what? And I'm like, there's so (laughs) many. They're green. Yeah, exactly. That's what they do. And it's actually very infuriating where you just see so many instances of PyCon and like, it's all Namekian this and that. And if you like, look up the Dragon Ball, like uh, wiki or something online, it says like, yeah, this is a mistake, but uh, people just kind of laugh about it. I'm like, fuck. (laughs) (laughs) That's not cool. 
I know I'm the only person in the last two decades that's ever talked about PyCon and still thinks about PyCon regularly. Well, in the <laughs> card it's game, like, it's fuck. like kind of, not a chase card, but like I think there is an ultra rare where it's like his fifth level. That's the thing. The, your personality cards range from level one through five. And that's kind of the frustrating thing about this card game. If you were like collecting early in the uh, day, you like maybe get a personality level one Goku and a personality level three Goku. And you don't have number two, so you can't really use that personality uh, to play the game or build a deck. So you need at least consistently three of them to play a deck, but you could have up to four or five. Five typically being a rare card. But uh, yeah, or even ultra rare, all depending. But yeah, fucking, I am learning the game. It's complicated. I want to get around to it, but I know this is one going to be a hard sell for my wife. And even just the <laughs> other day, as I was like building the deck, I'm like, oh, I'll throw on the Brawly movie. I haven't seen this in a while and uh, just want to refresh on it because I like was considering making a Brawly deck. And she was like, can you turn it down? They're just shouting and screaming. <laughs> I was like, yeah, no, that's Dragon that's, Ball Z. Yeah, I will definitely turn it down. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's... I think even Toriyama released like a statement like earlier this year or something, basically saying like, "I don't know what I'm going with the story. I'm kind of just having fun and along for the ride." It's like I that's not great to hear from a guy, but then again, he's been doing a you know the same series for the last thirty years or something. Like yeah, yeah, I don't blame him for not having a roadmap of where it's going. It I it really is just he made a fun little story with Dragon Ball and it is just blown insanely out of proportions even for himself. But, hey, he figured it out. He's just coasting by the seat of his pants making millions. So, like, good on him. (laughs) Oh, my God, yeah. Definitely kudos to him. And I love the franchise. It's definitely nostalgia. I know it's just uh, half-naked men shouting. but And that's the kind of frustrating thing about the the card game itself there are like cards per like saga you want to say so you got the mm-hmm. trunks androids cell cell games world games boobs bibbity like it's all fucking insane Jesus. like there's so many different sagas and each one of those card sets i want to say is probably ranging from like 50 to 150 cards so and i have a, the majority of those but that's the thing when you're trying to build a deck it's just like you're just paralyzed by the choice of like, I, I don't even know which uh, saga I should focus this around or like mm. pick and choose. And all just reading every card just seems like the most daunting thing in the entire <laughs> world to me. I feel like the people that made this game just made it like, uh, just, just start putting cards in your deck and don't think about it. That's yeah. the only way you'll ever get around to playing it. That's the prime example of a bad card game where it's like, yeah, the fandom and f- like fervor for Dragon Ball Z is not going to carry someone through this game because it's too convoluted to play they just wanted to sell cards and literally yeah. uh keep up with the tv show as shit was coming out and be like oh a new set a new set a new set yep, they didn't yep, think yep. like they were like just completely drowning themselves with like the people that are like trying to find a meta in here are just drowned and just like there's too many cards yeah i mean it's similar to like the Yu-Gi-Oh group where it just originally they released like monster cards and it's like all this does is fight and defend it's a very basic card and now normal monster cards don't exist anymore all of them have some sort of effect where when it does this it does this other thing but that shit that series is based around card games dragon ball z is not based around card games right so the the scale in that trajectory was able to keep the Yu-Gi-Oh fans because that's all they knew but dragon ball z is like no you want the fighting games you want the dragon ball z fighters z yeah, and it was frustrating even just trying to find any resources on this game. It's like a 20-year-old card game that is like the first rendition. They ended up having like another one with Panini and all this. But if what? you're playing the score one... What? Did you say Panini? Uh, 
Panini, yeah, they did uh, their own run of Dragon Ball cards that was like kind oh. of like modeled after the score uh, version of them. See, here you go. But, Dragon Ball Z is so stupid. I thought Panini was a character. Oh no, because they're Jesus. all named after. I food. wouldn't be surprised. Uh, <laughs> but no. Uh, regardless uh i feel like if you're trying to uh build decks it's just it's impossible and i was trying to look for some online and just trying to find resources online it's just like it's a 20 year old game not there's so few resources so i just was like you know what i'm just gonna build decks and just like get my feet wet play a game and just see how it goes and uh yeah it's very complicated but i do want to maybe do that on stream in the future my one friend alex is a dbz head and we might go head to head Maybe get a comic house guys to help you out, but I—I <laughs> I was gonna—I definitely plan on messaging them about this because it seems right up their alley. But again, uh, the six steps mess. to learning it, and it'll be like, here's a PDF before we yeah. get started. Just like do some homework. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta research the game. God damn it! Yeah, I'll he, build decks for everyone and be like, if if it sucks, blame me. That as what my buddy did with Magic the Gathering. He got like. 70 cards at one time from like a coworker, and he just built a bunch of decks and would give them to friends to then play against them of so course it worked it definitely it's had the my only interest way in you'll get people involved <laughs> yeah i i was like hey this is actually pretty fun i'm not spending thousands of dollars on cards though so like totally i'm not gonna get into it but but yeah that's basically my gaming update i don't have too much else going on unfortunately uh it's yeah. just been a hectic ass week understandable how life, about you life gets in the way uh Similar, hectic week, uh, like I said, uh, apartment hunting, so that's a lot of my free time and a bunch of other shit. Uh, so not as much games. Uh, speaking of Magic the Gathering, though, one of the three D&D games I'm in now, weekly, is set in the Magic the Gathering world. So no way. It's, it's set in Ravnica, which, for anyone who knows, you know what that means. For anyone who doesn't know what that means, neither do I. Me um, neither. <laughs> It's apparently a planet that's just one giant city. Like, the entire planet's covered in this city, and the city's divided up into different quadrants and stuff. Damn. Um, so it's neat, and there's different guilds, like, so you can break up into different guilds and stuff. And um, it's fun playing, because I know nothing about... Like, D&D, I'm pretty familiar with the world, at least, enough to be like, you know, that's a half-orc, that's an elf, that's, you know, this guy. Ravnica's similar enough where it's got all that, but then there's Luxon, which are like elephant people, and um, I'm a Simic hybrid, which is like a weird mutant, like fish man sort of thing. So there's new stuff I'm unfamiliar with, so that makes it fun and exciting. Totally. Um, but the DM who's running it and another player in the group are big into Magic the Gathering, so um, we'll encounter random characters like on the street, and one of the players is losing her goddamn mind. I'm like, it's this fucking guy! But like, in the game-wise, we had no reason to talk to him. <laughs> and it's just like, I don't I don't play Magic. I don't know who this character is, but like, I guess he's like a Tony Stark of Magic. Like, he's this huge, important figure. And I'm just like picking my nose like, I don't know who that is. Oh, That's well. amazing. <laughs> and it's very funny to see the reactions. Um, but Magic is also one of those things where it's like, apparently there's lore to it. And I can't imagine anyone actually keeping track of all of it because there's so much. It's God, just... I love just the concept of, uh, well, taking a and d session and being like, we're doing it in the universe of this card game. Like, I don't know, like a uh, MetaZoo or something. That'd be insane. That, that's what I mean. Like, I always thought Magic was pretty uh, compartmentalized. Be like, you, you got the different colored decks and this and that. And they're like, no, there's worlds. The plane walkers are people who can travel between the dimensions of or different worlds and stuff, and it's all like canon and there's like built in lore to it. I was like, fuck man, I didn't know that. Like, geez, that's so much. 
But, I mean, Harry Potter card game, there's a built-in world for that. It's just nothing like oh, the card totally. game. Right. So, it's funny that both of our free times have been encapsulated by card games in some Tabletop. way. Tabletop. It's yeah. taken over our lives. It's fun not being restricted by the video game. <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> Um, but in Brent, how dare you? No, <laughs> we're betraying our our origins. Um, in regards to video games, uh, same thing. Playing a little Binding of Isaac here and there, just to like relax and while doing other stuff. Um, Get help! No, I'm not <laughs> <laughs> I mean it's it's luckily not as bad. I've hit the wall where I'm like, yeah, you know what? I'm actually bored of this, and I'll stop playing like in the middle of the run instead of finishing it for the sake of finishing it and not getting anything new. That makes sense. Um, so that's just like. A relaxing, like, hey, this is a way to kill 40 minutes before I gotta go and do errands or something. Um, and then I kind of dip back into Rogue Legacy 2. So that's still mm. in early access, but there's been an update since the last time I played it. So, like, the last update, there's a ton of new upgrades and buffs to the skill tree. So they reset all that, give back your money, and then you have to rebuild your skill tree and stuff. Uh, with that, there's new classes. There's, like, a boxer class. There's a Dragon Knight class. Um, I think there's another one, but I don't know if I actually played them yet. And with this new update, they've uh, expanded a new area. So like I said at the beginning, uh, when I first started playing this, there was just like one area and like four branching paths that were in development. And now, or no, there's five branching paths. And now there's four regions that are unlocked. And I think only one that isn't. So I think the game's probably close to coming out. I'd say... Definitely by the end of 2021, it should be down fully, if not just the fall. Um, Cool thing is, the bosses I've beaten are still beaten. I hope that's the case when the game fully comes out, because they are rough, and I don't want to fight them again. Um, But if I need to, like that's part of the game. It's early access and reset. Or I could just create another file if I wanted to. Um, But it is fun, like seeing the progression of like here's this npc that wasn't here before or it was like a placeholder like figure of just stock photo image and now it's an actual fleshed out character with like their own side quests and stuff uh, one thing i noticed is there's like a new area with like new npcs uh one of them just seems to give you backstory missions but i only have one of them unlocked and that one that i've unlocked was his uh his backstory explaining how this mechanic works Okay. So I think there's other ones. I'm not sure how to get yet, but I think there's other ones I have to find within the castle. Uh, And the other NPC is essentially... I don't know if they were inspired by Hades, but Hades is where I first saw this. uh, Where it's a character that makes a roguelike... Like a roguelike game where the runs are harder. Where you can add extra difficulty to it. Like, the enemies have more health. The enemies deal more damage. There's no health items in the in this run. There's no mana replacing items and different stuff like that. It's like a merchant that does that? It Yeah, it's a character that you talk to and they can purposely make a run harder for you. But each level of difficulty, you get something for it. So you get okay. some sort of trinket or reward or some sort of currency. And it doesn't scale. It doesn't scale with the difficulty. So you just want to do level 1 difficulty and then level 2 difficulty. You can't do level 15 difficulty right away and get 15 trinkets that makes sense Um, but that's exactly how it worked in hades you were able to do that with hades and once you've beaten it at it make it more difficult for yourself and more challenging for subsequent runs and then you would get you would get a thing to unlock though a thing to strive for uh by doing these runs 
I don't know if there's anything I get out of making them harder yet, at least in the game as it is now. Then again, I would so, hope. It's still early <laughs> access, so they might be holding off on what the reward is until right. the full release. I see. So, spoiler for 80s, the reward for that was just a bunch of statues of your like uh, NPC that you talk to in different weird poses. So it was what? not worth the difficulty of... Then well, again, it depends on the poses. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> then again, the difficulty is just an incentive to continue to play it. So it's like, you don't need to do these, but if you right. want if you want to keep playing it and you want a challenge still, here's do a way to do it. you want to flex with these statues? Yeah. So I'm curious to see if that'll pay off. So far, I haven't done any of them because I have no reason to. There's no incentive at the current moment. Um, but with the new areas unlocked... It's the same stuff. It's the same stuff, which is cool. It's like new puzzles or new obstacles, but they're all it uh, iterations of the previous enemies and stuff. So it's the same enemies you know, but they get harder with each area, and it's cool seeing what changes. Um, some enemies are like, oh, they have one more projectile, but otherwise really aren't that hard. And there's some enemies who are like, wow, this one's a lot harder. This one's really challenging now in this area. Um, so you gotta adapt to those. And I was able to find the boss of the new area. It's essentially just two giant eyeballs on either side of the screen that are just continuously shooting shit at you. So Damn. It's, a, it's a very bullet hell uh, battle. Um, I did decent. I think I destroyed one of the eyeballs and then died immediately. So I don't actually Fuck. know how far I progressed in that boss battle. So I'm not too worried because I'm still exploring that area, unlocking new equipment in that area. Uh, good thing is I went back to the last area that was up last one that was upgraded in that patch uh, and I was able to defeat the boss in that area who was pretty tricky so out of the five no I beat four of them and I slept so out of the six bosses I got four of them down nice and I, I know how to get to the fifth one and then I'm guessing the sixth one's gonna be just with the full release and then once you beat all the bosses then you fight the actual boss of the game like the big boss so, damn yeah just got more fights to look forward to um with the last boss I beat and killed, it was like a wizard who did also... I mean, it's a roguelike, it's a platformer, it's all kind of a bullet hell, but the boss fights are really just a ton of obstacles flying at you at once, so you have to be very quick in dodging them. Um, this one was kind of like a wizard that floated around and like made use of the vertical space around you and stuff. It was pretty challenging, but I've started just cheesing it with the gunner class. The gunner is just a cowboy, they just have a gun. Um... The benefit of that is they have 24 bullets in the gun and you can rapid fire. So you don't have to do individual shots. You can just hold it down and just do like an automatic gun almost. Hell yeah. And with certain upgrades and certain items you can get, that combos very well. Uh, one of them with the box, with this last update, with like the boxer class, they introduce an item that literally combos. Each subsequent hit you do within a time period of like two or three seconds, it'll do more damage. Not a ton, but like, you know, one more damage than the previous hit. And that can go up to 20 hits. And with the gun, that's just the full clip. So if it's a beefy enemy, you just unload the full clip into them. With the combo, it just stacks repeatedly and just gets stronger and stronger with each bullet. Um, and it, it works really well. So with the gunner class, I think I'm kind of just cheesing it and leaning hard into them. Like I've already maxed out that class level. Um, and they're really good. Everyone else kind of sucks. Simply because everyone else is like melee, and like yeah. the ranger has like a bow and arrow, and the gunner has like a literal gun, and you're able to aim where you're shooting, and just that alone makes it so much more viable in this game than everything else. So 
it's still fun playing the other stuff, but if I'm actually trying to beat the boss, I pretty much have to be the gunner now. Totally. It's so much better. So the other classes are fun. They're cool. Like the chef's really unique for a chef class. Um, but like they're just nowhere near as viable. So it's funny I, when games like force you though to like be like you gotta evenly level everything up because yeah. oh like Dark Cloud it's like now you're in a zone where you have to use something other than guns it's like fuck yeah with this because it's rogue like if I get you can get an ability to reroll every time you die you have to pick one of your heirs the notion is like you're all heroes adventuring in this castle and then when you die your kid takes over for you your heir um, and you get to choose from three of them so you have, to, you have options when you start a run. And then there's even abilities to let you re-roll those options if you don't like any of the ones you get. So you get, like, three to nine options, depending on your upgrades. So you have plenty of choices if you don't like those. But then, even if you don't like those, you can just pick one, die immediately, and then just pick a new one. So you can kind of cheese it and be like, ah, it's random. The choice is out of my hands. I can't choose which class I want to be. But you could just keep picking classes and dying until you get the one you want. So... You can kind of choose your own. Um, so you don't need to level all of them up equally. But it's... I'm curious to see if they're going to work with that. Because, at least for me... I don't know how other people are playing this. At least for me, the Ranger and Gunner are by far my most used classes. Everyone else can kind of eat shit. <laughs> so, yeah. I'm curious if they're going to either incentivize like either nerfing the Ranger and Gunner, which would suck. Or kind of giving a buff to the other or maybe my reaction time's just garbage and i like having distance between me myself and enemies and everyone else with melee characters are actually good so i don't know that just might be how i play it right but um anyway with the boss i fought i fought like the wizard guy and i was able to defeat him and i was like oh thank god finally beat him the chest appears i go to unlock the chest the chest is a goddamn mimic the chest is another enemy. It's a second part of the boss fight. And I was like, you guys are shitting me. That's absolutely enraging. They're infuriating. Yeah, the only way I was able to beat it is because I found an item that lets you revive as soon as you die. So it's like a power-up you can find. I found two of those and was able to get enough resources to get both of those. So I had three lives as opposed to just one you normally would. Okay. And that's the only way I was able to beat that boss. Because I, I barely beat the boss... And I had like no health and I opened up the chest and it bites me. I immediately died. And then while fighting it, I died again. So like I only was able to beat this boss because I had those two extra resurrections that you likely won't have often. So I was like, God, like I get it. This is in an area with where mimics are introduced and it's the only area of the castle where mimics exist. But God damn it. Like (laughs) part of me respects it because it's like, "Ah, that's clever. But as the player... That's infuriating. And if I yeah. died there and I had to do the boss fight again, I would extra rage, fuck you. I would yeah. rage quit and just not touch that game for a while. So yeah, it's it's clever. the The mimic boss isn't mechanically hard. It'll just run from side to side and like shoot out some poisonous coins every now and then. So like it's easy to learn its pattern, but it's so big it's hard to avoid. So it can just trample you repeatedly, and it's it's rough. It's a rough fight. Sounds so, like a mimic. Yeah, it's a mimic. So I was able to beat that, thankfully. But yeah, it's I'm, I'm really heavily le- uh, leaning heavily on these ranged classes to do any real progress in this game. And I probably will do that with the next boss fight, too. Because it's much easier to avoid projectiles 
when you're not standing in front of them when they're fired at you. So <laughs> yeah. it, it, I'm surprised. I'll be surprised if they... I'll be disappointed if they nerf them, but I won't be surprised if they do. I'm hoping they find a way to balance out the other like melee classes and stuff. Because even if your reaction time is good, you're still going to get hit by stuff. And like you got to upgrade your armor and your health and all that stuff. And if you have to upgrade all of those just to even have a chance against the boss, that kind of sucks. Because when you yeah. get hit, you just get hit so hard for so much health. So, like I said, it's still a fantastic game. It's still in early access. I've noticed some glitches here and there, like you know, a little bugs and like graphical uh, mishaps. But for the most part, it's pretty much done. When I first bought it, when it first came out in early access. There's, I talked about where I just fall into a pit and there's just no way to get out. And I just have to, like, kill the character off somehow. Because it was, the platform didn't appear when it should. Yeah, well, glitches are common in early access. Here we had, uh, Fall Guys put out a recent 4.5 update. And there's, like, this, like, big-ass glitch in there called the Black Screen of Death. Where, like, after you die, it just, like, goes to a black screen and then airs out. And it's just, like, very just annoying. It eventually corrects itself. But actually, the one time, it was so bad, it, like, queued up for a map. I think it was Skyline Stumble. Map starts and everything's black. And it was very strange. Like, I could hear my bean moving around, but it was just all blackness. And I was like, god damn it. And then, yeah, I just ended up quitting and then re-queuing. And then that's one thing, since we're still uh, talking about Fall Guys, I had this one epic (laughs) moment where I got... Since I brought up the topic of Fall Guys again. Well, dude, (laughs) of course. Uh, There was this moment in the map uh perfect match where now sometimes they add like a spinner bar to make it extra challenging Mm -hmm. uh the tiles were disappearing below my feet i'm about to fall to my death and i accidentally bar skipped to like a safe point and it was actually really cool so we have that clip on the twitch channel if you want to see that it was like pog as fuck (laughs) oh god now you're talking in twitch no i don't know i know it's just how it goes can i get some lulls in the chats some pepe hands no. All right. Anyway, uh, but let's see. Is there anything else you want to talk about gaming wise before we move on to the show topics? I don't know if That's there's too much pretty there. Pretty much it. Uh, little. I don't think it's still going. Little Nightmares was free on Steam for I think maybe a day. So <laughs> if you missed out on that, oops. Yeah. Uh, but that's a fun horror platformer. Uh, that's good for anyone who just wants real atmospheric stuff. It's there's no UI. It's just the side scrolling stuff. But Little Nightmares is great. I watched a playthrough of the second one because I don't particularly care for horror games myself at being a giant bitch that I am. Yeah, same. So I enjoy watching uh, other people play that. But like, yeah, Little Nightmares 1 and 2, fantastic games. If you just want like a very eerie, spooky, atmospheric game. Now, there's some jump scares, but like they're appropriate jump scares because it's a game and not just a shitty horror movie. Um, But yeah. But yeah, if you have if you haven't heard about them already, Little Nightmares one and two, fantastic games. So totally, I did get around to seeing uh, Castlevania season four on Netflix. Hell I'm yeah. very happy with how it wound uh, wrapped up. It was such a good show. Uh, God, the, they really went all out with the action sequences. It was yeah, great. Yeah, they they went. They, they it's great seeing it like progressively get better from season like one to two, and them actually having support behind them both the studio and the writing team and Netflix itself and Netflix not canceling them after the second season like they do with a lot of their other shows for some fucking reason so it's great seeing it and it's powerhouse animation studios is just doing fantastic work so if you enjoy Castlevania I will once again recommend Seis Manos on Netflix it's so good oh nice 
Very cool. Yeah, no, that was just an amazing way to wrap up this uh, series we've been watching over the course of many years. I'll definitely be talking on The Melting Pat about that in depth because there's only like one thing that I have like questions about. For the rest of the most part, it wraps up really nicely. But there's like one just burning question. It's not even a burning question. It's just like, well, that was a weird inconsistency. (laughs) I'm just curious to see what Pat has to say. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I heard, I mean, rumors, speculation, just people wanting it. I don't know for sure which it is. But I heard someone say, what if they did this, like, Castlevania sort of style? Because Castlevania, it has a story, but not much of one in the games. So they really added to the story in the show, and it's for the better. It's great. Uh, But I heard people speculate, like, what if they did this with Metroid, with, like, Samus and someone? Like, I would fucking love a, a Metroid show in the style of Castlevania or by Powerhouse Studios. Like, I think that, that was so even good. set the person, somebody involved in creating the Netflix series expressed they would like to do that. So I'm like, yeah. God, just let them do it, please. It would be so good. Nintendo, um, why do you hate Metroid so much? Right, please. <laughs> uh, give Samus her day in the sun. Uh, that's another thing that's I like- did want to shout out. We've talked about had a full boyfriend on the show before yeah. many times apparently it's going to be delisted from ios android ps store in june and uh Ooh. that's all i know about it i don't know why they're doing it it's a bird dating simulator are they like birds. all like anti-bird dating <laughs> they're they're trying to hide the sexy birds away from us dog um yeah i'm not sure especially this far after it's released there's not like a sequel that's not being updated it's not like really in the news besides the fact that it's being taken off these stores so yeah i don't know why now it's weird yeah it is very strange worth mentioning see you had a boyfriend get it before it goes in june no the pigeons uh what else is going on oh uh speaking of the tabletop games as we were there's a witcher tabletop game in on kickstarter right now called witcher the old world and how's it doing on kickstarter Oh, it's already funded. It's got like three million, and it's damn okay. Holy shit! I mean, it's a strong brand, and it's also in in development with CD Projekt Red, who are the developers of The Witcher game. So there, it's it's not being made by CD Projekt Red, but it's working with people from the studio. So it's going to be like pretty true to The Witcher lore and stuff, and it's apparently a prequel to Geralt's, or at least a prequel to the games. Or at least that setting of the games. Um, so it looks dope as hell, and they just have crazy big figurines that understandably are expensive, and you have to get the deluxe set to get. But, like, if you want Witcher board games, this one might be it. Though they, oh, don't, yeah. they don't seem like they really know what the game itself is going to be. They just have, like, the, the design and artwork and the, the right. movies for it, and they're like, "How? what's the actual mechanics of the game? Uh, well, we'll, we'll figure that one out. That's so, funny. We'll see. Yeah, speaking of things that look dope as hell, and I'm, I might be sarcastic here. Uh, this is a nine second clip I saw on Twitter and I dropped it in our show topics, but, it, and the caption is, I don't think this is actually anything, but it says, motherfuckers got microchips for LED hair. It looks like a friggin' like 10 year old kid with like hair that's glowing and he's got like a logo on the side of his head that like is just like LED like pulsating lights on the side of their head. And I'm thinking to myself, how did they do this is it just like post editing and they're just like trying to be cool or is it actually something that this person has like ingrained on the side of their head maybe i mean there are leds are getting cheaper to make and like you're able to customize and make them smaller i can't imagine 
how it's real this will be or well i i could see it possibly being real but this is less of like a barber shop and more of like a, a convention center display because i saw like led i saw the like cereal boxes with leds in them um showing how like how cheap they are to get like to produce on you know cereal boxes and flexible they are to bend into the shapes they want i can't this like is it possible to make these yeah but i feel like this is a bigger thing going on than just like my local barber shop has leds now for hair right like, this isn't a service anyone can get no, but it feels like something straight out of Cyberpunk that, that that I've even played it. But it's just like, what kind of future is? Uh, uh, then again, every time I see like fashion memes, it's like people like with like wearing another person as a backpack, and it's like that's fashion. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck? It's just the Chewbacca C three PO combo. This is how yeah. men want to dress now. God damn it! <laughs> but yeah, um, I had to shout out the weird hairstyle of the future. Uh, soon your hair is going to glow in different colors. Sure. Uh, speaking of the future, Sony did a state of play, and as far as I, I didn't watch it, but as far as I can tell, they only talked about Horizon Forbidden West, Ooh. but they showed like a 15 minute gameplay uh, demo of it. So fuck, I gotta see this. People are getting excited for that. It looks great. I mean, I I still haven't played Horizon Zero Dawn like now that's on PC, but it it's still a cool looking property. I don't know the lore behind it and all that, like the story wise stuff, but. It still looks really neat, and it's still a cool world to explore. It's phenomenal. Definitely don't sleep on it. Uh, definitely get the first game in before you get around to this one, too. I have a feeling there might be a bit of a wait before it comes to PC, kind of the way it was with the first game. Yeah. But God, uh, so good. It's, it looks great, and it looks gorgeous. So it's it's cool to see them continuing with that property, because it's, <laughs> it's a new one. It's not just fucking Resident Evil the unteenth time and a remaster. And I feel like everyone that ever plays it, Pretty much all agrees, like, this is a fantastic game. Unless you're just someone that was like, I, it never uh, sunk its teeth into me. But for the most part, the people that play it and finish it are like, yo, that game rocked. Yeah, if you like exploration adventure games, like, you'll like this one. If you don't like it, it's probably because you don't like exploration adventure games. Exactly. Uh, speaking of beating a dead horse and making endless remasters of your good games while trying to reinvent the wheel and just making shitty new bad new games. Sonic! Uh-oh. Um, there's apparently a new 3D Sonic games in the work. Uh, they had like a Sonic Central Sega Hour presentation sort of thing online where they just revealed a bunch of new stuff. Pretty much Sonic Colors, which is like considered one of the only good ones in recent years, is getting remastered. There's, <laughs> there's going to be like a Sonic bundle deal where you can buy like a bunch of the old Sonic games that work on new consoles and stuff. And then at the very end, they tease a new Sonic game. It's like, ooh. I can't wait to be disappointed by Sonic again. Yeah, I was going to say, I man, Sonic's glory days were in the Genesis days. I feel like ever since, it's just like, you guys are really beating a dead horse, just saturating us with Sonic, and I don't know, Sonic and Rayman go to the Olympic, or who was it? Fuck, Mario. Mario, goddammit. <laughs> the other iconic video game character. Yeah. But, yeah, it's, I mean, the voice actor, Roger Craig Smith, is back. He was... He was taken off of the Sonic projects, and he announced he was leaving. I thought there were people were speculating they were going to try and get Ben Schwartz to be like the official voice of Sonic now that he's in the movie, uh, but it looks like they brought back him. So that's definitely good. It's at least the same Sonic voice we've heard for the last you know decade and a half of Sonic games. But yeah, it's Sonic Mania was really the last Sonic game I gave a shit about because it was great. So unless they're going to do something similar to that, I'm not. Too excited. Same. Uh, that's but all I yeah, got. Same. Uh, we can wrap this one up and do some plugs. Uh, 
Bren, we were talking about other podcasts we do. I know you have one. Tell our listener about it. You can catch me on Are Weeb There Yet? W-E-E-B. We watch three episodes or a movie of an anime, give a recap of it with our opinions. It's a great way to get like a sampler pack of anime if Casey you are interested in it but don't want to sit down and actually commit to watching it quite yet. Uh, as of this week, we watched Spice and Wolf, which was a pretty interesting one. I've heard a lot about, so it was cool to actually sit down and watching to see what the hype is. Um, and then next week we actually watched Cowboy Bebop, which was a oh, big Oh, damn. So we watched, we skipped around and watched episodes like 1, 17, and 5 in that order. So Ooh. that was kind of a weird episode, but you know, it's Bebop. It's good. So hell yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Listener, definitely go check that out. And if uh, you like our show, please give us a like, follow, subscribe, or findable at all the places at ABT Silence. Uh, particularly twitch.tv slash ABT Silence is where I'm doing a lot of uh, streaming of Fall Guys. Uh, like I said, we did some game night uh, card games and stuff. I am streaming some Dark Cloud 2, and uh, I am thinking about getting back into Dragon Ball Z Kakarot. We'll see what happens there. Um, but then I also host another podcast called Renovate. It's a Harry Potter trading card game podcast, so hella specific. No worries if you're not interested, but if that <laughs> sounds up your alley, go give that a like, follow, subscribe as well. And, uh, let's see here. The band that does our intro and outro music is a band called Kinda Alright. Head over to kindaallright.bandcamp.com for more music from them. But that's gonna do it for this week. Thanks so much for listening, guys. See ya! See ya!